are now listening to an exclusive interview only on uclaradio.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sports Speak. What's up, what's up, what's up? All right, my name is AVX. With me in the station, I have my co-hosts, DJ Little and Zoe. So yeah, Sports Speak is back for another for another quarter. I guess Brian, our old host, left last quarter, but we're going to yes, keep it going. we're going to keep the tradition going. For sure. This and, is for you, Brian. And this time, we have a really strong start to, to our, to our ses- session of shows this quarter. Because we have an awesome guest in station with us right now, the one and only, one of the top UFC, one of the top MMA analysts in the world, Karen Bryant. Hello, what? how are you? She's sitting right across from me. Uh-huh. I can't How's it going? It. You guys are awesome. <laughs> this, this is awesome. Th- I'm so. This brings back so many great memories coming to college radio station. This is where I started as well. So, um, getting all the feels walking in here. So mm-hmm. Thanks for I having love me. It. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for coming. Like, first off, I have to say, like, when I met you at it was at a Bellator 219 uh-huh. just uh, last month or two months ago. Yeah. You were so nice for just taking the time to talk to me, even though there were hundreds of people there. Wait, what who, have you heard? Have you heard of an a-hole? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally not. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> I guess in the entertainment industry in general, you don't always get that with people if you yeah. go up to talk yeah. or take pictures. But I feel like in, M- in MMA, I've ha- really had just good experiences. And you especially took the time to talk to everyone who was yeah. there who was coming up to you. And you took the time to talk to me. And now you're here in the station. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I feel like um, in MMA in general, a lot of the fighters and people in general are very accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are pretty cool to me when they come up. Mo- yeah. You know, most people are pretty cool. They're respectful. Uh, just, I just don't like when people get a little handsy. Uh huh. You know what I mean? If I'm taking a picture with you, like, keep, you know, you know, right. where are you gonna put your hand? Right. right. You gotta be careful because I don't actually know you. Exactly. Uh, you know, so that's the only thing that's weird. But otherwise, I love meeting people that watch this stuff. It's it's great. That was it's actually great. a good point that you said. It's kind of like. It's kind of like when people watch you on TV and stuff like that, yeah. they think they know you, yeah. but like you're like, I haven't actually met you. Like, how do you actually deal with that? Like, you know, people know so much about you, right. but you know so little about them. Like, how do you keep that balance? You know what I mean? Yeah, it is tough. I'm, and in general, I'm very outgoing and I don't have yeah. a problem getting to know people and stuff. So really it's the, and I actually don't mind if you take a picture of your hand. Mm-hmm. It's when it gets to the small of your back. You're like, nope, <laughs> nope, uh, nope, yeah. not going to go there. <laughs> um, but so it is interesting because I do, uh, I do have people that tweet me all the time, right? Or send me messages. Like, I don't I don't open DMs from people I don't know and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even just on Twitter or whatever, and they'll say, oh, oh, my friend, have a great weekend, my friend. You're, you're on... <laughs> And it, and it is interesting the attachment that people can feel to you, and you, mm-hmm. I take it as a as a compliment really that they feel that close that we're friends and mm-hmm. that yeah. they really feel like they they got to know me. But it is a little odd sometimes if they if they go a little far with that because you really don't. Right. And then it just can color the way you speak to them sometimes if you think somebody is putting too much on you and you don't actually know them, maybe you sort of just pull back a little bit or whatever. But for the most part, I've had every, you know, nobody has ever gotten weird or crossed a line. Uh-huh. Um, and actually, I, I also, again, it's complimenting me, I think, because I feel like that means the person that they saw on the air is actually the person they think they're meeting, which is actually okay, who yeah. I am because I didn't right. create a whole other personality. So in that respect, I'm like, cool, they get it. They get exactly. me. If they like me, they like me. That's cool because I didn't, I didn't create a different personality. 
Yeah, that's, that's yeah. such a good point. And I'm so glad we have you here in the station to talk today because we're all broadcasters here. Yeah. And we love to learn from you. And I think it's good that you're a broadcaster in MMA specifically because I'm a diehard MMA fan. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah, I know, is a fan of that. She's heard about MMA from me talking about yeah. it. And I've talked about big events on it's here. So you talk my ear up about it. It's yeah. so fun. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zoe, I don't think has ever really like watched yeah. MMA or knows too don't much. I have much experience with MMA, but I do love basketball and I felt like everything along those nice. lines. Nice. So very big sports girl. Cool. Like, Cool. Well, I did a few. Uh, I love football, too. That's another thing that I love. And I did three uh, games last year. I got to work as a sideline reporter for three mm-hmm. games last year. And hopefully um, that's something that will continue. That was a dream come true job. I mean, I have a job that a lot of people want, and I absolutely love my oh, job. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But when I stood there on the sidelines of a football game, I was like, holy crap. Like, this is this, <laughs> this is, is it. it. Like, this is it. <laughs> I did it. Like, And it really was cool. It really literally was a dream come true. And oftentimes you don't get to have yeah. that feeling. So I'm, I, I, it took me a few games till I like actually settled in and appreciated it for me. Cause I'm always still like, Oh, did I, did I do this right? Did I mess that up? Did I do this? But I took a breath on the way home from the last house. Like, Damn. That was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that's like that for all of us for when, whenever we do, we, we accomplish something at all, even if mm-hmm. it's not, absolutely. It's not to the level of what you've accomplished, but even just me, like going to an MMA event or like, I think, Aaliyah, we've covered so much sports on here. I think it feels a little bit of an accomplishment, but you have to let it sink in a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I, you know, it's a good or a bad thing about me. Maybe that's why I've gotten some success and uh, because I've always pushed through and I'm always looking at the next goal. But at the same time, I feel like there's probably a lot of times when I should have really taken the moment in more mm-hmm. and appreciated what I had already achieved. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't, I didn't do that enough and I don't do that enough in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every now and then I do try to take a conscious, uh, make a conscious effort to like, literally take a mental picture of where I am or feel everything, see, right. you know, and, and really try to remember that. Uh, and not only just the physical being of, of where I am, but like the whole, okay, this is pretty cool and to try to appreciate that a little more because yeah. okay. I don't do it enough and I yeah. really should and I, I think really like should. you coming here today you're definitely going to be reminded of it because uh-huh. we think you're freaking amazing and no, you are thank you, know? you guys <laughs> are awesome no thank you yeah. so much but it's cool because yeah. like literally this is the first thing that I did was college mm-hmm. radio in a little room yeah. amazing. and you know we're broadcasting and you're not sure I mean you guys are doing way better but like you're not sure if anybody's even listening at first when you're yeah. on at three in the morning um, <laughs> tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I will say that I always credit radio for my ability to live in the moment on live TV because once the mic's open, the mic's open. Mm-hmm. So if you mess something up, you know, how do you deal with it? Do you cover it? Do you, are you floored? Are you embarrassed? Are you, do you roll with it? How do you, how do you do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Because you're on your live. So it was a great tr- uh, place to learn how to be on the air. It's a great place to create your persona, right? And whether or not you're creating a different vibe, a lot of people on radio have an act and that's cool. That's totally cool. Um, But I'm just saying in general, radio gives you that ability to um, just explore a lot of things, become who you are without also having to worry about like, is my lipstick straight? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's (laughs) a lot more freedom on radio, which is pretty great. So, um, so I started there. I did, you know, I would do these overnight shifts and stuff in our, in our, in the, in the radio that only went to the campus. Um, Mm -hmm. I went to Brown and we have a, a 20,000 watt at the time when I was there, 20,000 watt commercial stations. It might be even more now. So anyway, we were a P1 station for anybody who knows radio. So it really mattered. Mm-hmm. So we were up there with all the big stations. So whenever, whenever we played songs and we got ad- added records and all that, it was very important. 
to uh, the industry where our standing was. But so it would be labels reaching out to you, exactly. stuff like so that. Exactly. So first you start on the overnight stuff, but then when you once you get to the broadcast side, it's like, okay, you still start on the overnights, but now right. you're doing real radio. So I worked my way up from being on in the middle of the nights to by my second semester. Remember, ladies, we were trying to figure out if Brown was on semesters. <laughs> it was semesters, now I remember. Because I'm like, yeah, by my second semester, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So by my second semester, I was doing morning drive, right. which was uh, kind of wild. So I would... I would do a three-hour radio show from 6 to 9 in the morning, wow. and then I would go to class. And I, I double majored. I look Poly back. Sci, I, Soch, right? Soch, yeah. So I look Poly back. Sci. I'm like, how, right on. How did I do that? Um, I, you know, like just the time management. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's cool. And I, also waking up in the morning right. to do these early shifts. Right, because you want to, you want to hang out. Because if you're working at the radio station, you're also going yeah. to concerts <laughs> and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah. I pulled it off. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. My afternoon class, the class I had around two, two thirty. Um, I would doze sometimes. Like my biorhythms were like, ooh, that's sleepy time. I, mean, I think it happens to all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, I still got good grades. Like I wouldn't yeah. have sacrificed my grades for the radio. Uh, so luckily, I didn't have to. Right. Um, so I was doing morning drive by end of you know second semester freshman year, and I just kind of worked my way up through the station. Mm -hmm. Did a bunch of different day parts. Um, did afternoon drive, at, you know, which was totally fun. That's when you got a lot more of the con, you know, the bands coming through and that kind of stuff. Um, I was music director for the station and then program director, so I stayed in Providence for a year mm -hmm. after and and ran it. But yeah, so I would get the record companies taking us out to dinner, <sighs> doing the whole shebang with trying to woo you, oh, hanging free out. Dinner. Yeah, Everybody hey, loved you then. Free right? dinner <laughs> is awesome, and you know, just hanging out with the bands and all that stuff. I have so many uh, just really cool memories and interviews that I did with people and. Uh, it was good times. It was great times. Actually. So you started in the yeah. music industry. Oh, yeah. No, I thought I was going to go into A&R uh, mm -hmm. after working at the station for so long because I totally loved it. And I thought I had a good ear for hit songs and um, I could listen to a record and kind of feel like, okay, this would work. I, I, mm -hmm. I have a good ear for it, I think. Right. So I was looking to go into A&R, um, but then uh, MTV was looking for right. people. And you were about like 22. Correct? Yeah, really young. So I just, I made a video while I was on the air at, at the radio station of me like fixing my lipstick in a CD <laughs> and just goofy stuff. I went down, I had an audition and then they had me come back for another audition and then I had a job. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it was cool. That's so Awesome. So the A&R thing went to the side because I was doing music TV, but it was definitely something that I loved for a very long time. And even after MTV, I did another music-based show, and I did still think for a long time uh, that music would be something I would do. Yeah. So when was it that you sort of made your way to sports and specifically yeah. to uh – Boxing, MMA, and UFC. Yeah. Yeah, the face punching came along. <laughs> <laughs> I love face punching. But um, so through the years, I had done a bunch of different kind of entertainment shows and things. Um, and I had been at CNN doing Showbiz Tonight. They had revamped the show. So we were doing a live show five nights a week. And when that job ended, my manager right my agent rather was like oh well showtime's looking for somebody because he was in the he was in the, this is the most obnoxious story but a very funny one i i've had i had they had a billboard for us for showbiz tonight of me and aj in okay. times square in times square which was pretty cool i look back on it now like, i was embarrassed when my husband's like take a picture in front of the billboard i'm like i don't want to be that girl but i just mm -hmm. saw naomi osaka doing it on her instagram too so, so it's like, like cool yeah so we did anyway so long story short my agent was in a meeting with showtime they said they were looking for somebody to be a reporter for, for boxing. Mm -hmm. He said, does it have to be a guy? And they said, well, no. And then he's like, okay, how about her? And he pointed out the window <laughs> to my billboard, which is so baller. It sounds so cool. <laughs> no, it so, sounds amazing. Yeah, so he's like, how about her? That's, a, that's how to sell somebody. Right? right. And, then, and then they were like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll take a meeting. 
and just literally had lunch with my the executives there. We talked about a bunch of sports, and then I had a job. And I worked for them for three and a half years. Right. Uh, it was great. It, it's so that's how the transition when I went from from CNN that's to amazing. to boxing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like a question, so like with you transitioning in that period, did you were you always like a boxing fan? Or like, I always how was, was a sports fan. You? Yeah, for sure. And I right. grew up watching boxing with my dad. Right. You know, watching Leon Spinks, watching exactly. you know all the all Tyson, all that. <laughs> you know. Right. So I grew up in a very big sports fan. Yeah. And boxing was definitely something that we watched. Boxing used to be on TV on yeah. Saturday afternoons yeah. and right. Saturday nights and things. So when I was younger, it was not hard to, to be a fan of that. Exactly. It, it's harder to find now, you know. It, it, it is trickier. It's the pay-per-views and this and that. It used to just be on more. Yeah. Um, so it is something that I always liked. Yeah. But in terms of the UFC and MMA, I actually was a little squeamish with MMA at first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, yeah, no, I couldn't. All yeah. in oh, it. I'm all over thought. it. But at first with the elbows and this and that, you know, it is brutal. Yeah. And I didn't understand jujitsu, And so you're just sort of like, don't quite get it. How did you... Um, how, yeah. how were you able to get? Did you buy like MMA for dummies? Or well, like, no, that, that's the thing. Funny like, you, you know what I mean? So I had... Um, I went on, my husband and I actually met in a kickboxing class at Crunch, which sounds so <laughs> cheesy. It's so cheesy that we met on Sunset uh, at Crunch. But anyway, we, um, when, we, when we got married, I got him a, a gift for a membership to a gym that would treat, teach full contact martial arts. Because mm-hmm. he already had done Taekwondo when he's younger. Like I said, we met in kickboxing. But he wanted to, he wanted to really go for it and go full contact. So um, basically an MMA gym. So I found him one. I got him a membership there. And he met some people there. You know, they're all fighting with each other. They're training with each other. Then we'd all start watching UFC together. Right. And, you know, and so watching it together with a bunch of the people that he was training with and friends, it all just started to become part more a part of our lifestyle and um, you know then you kind of at first you're like oh I can't watch oh the, oh good elbow <laughs> yeah that was really good so it really it wasn't too far right. uh, it didn't take too long yeah. to learn to love it and it's one of those sports that the more you know about it I think the more there is to like about it right. so yeah. Um, yeah I think it's fun we're gonna get you girl we're gonna right. get you we're gonna get you <laughs> it's really fun it's fun yeah so with the the UFC being such a sport yeah. that it's it's not always easy to understand what's going on especially right. in terms mm-hmm. of jujitsu and grappling how do you prepare yourself to try and get across what's coming on screen and like post-fight breakdowns, which is right. you know, what you were doing on Fox and now on ESPN? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, you ha- you have to know what you're talking about, but in the instance that you don't or you aren't sure, don't pretend to because you'll right. get, you'll get you'll somebody's get gonna catch jumped. you. So, luckily, or luckily, well, it depends on how you look at it. Luckily or not luckily, but my position usually is teeing people up, right? I'm I'm assisting people all night long. I don't score the baskets. Mm-hmm. I'm just passing all the time. So um, in that respect, I need to know, yeah, what to ask, but I don't necessarily have to be the one to break down. Oh, how did you go from side mount to Kimura to get this? And then you see you change it up and you went for the mirror. That's not really, I mean, I can ask those questions of people for sure. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to my role on the shows, if I'm sitting there with Tyron, with Michael, with any of my analysts mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm the one who's supposed to sort of contextualize what we're seeing and ask the question for them to illustrate it to the audience. Got so it. it's really more about being a good communicator mm-hmm. with my analysts uh-huh. and understanding what I'm seeing or where I can find a question mm-hmm. and then directing it to them. I'm not so much doing I'm not doing as much analyzing uh, right. to to the audience as I am in my head in terms of 
using it to phrase a question. So it's kind of like you each have your own role. It's like exactly. you have your sale, like you have different dynamics to keep the chemistry Exactly, flowing. exactly. We Got all it. have our roles, but also it's not that I can't, it, it, you know, if I have an opinion on stuff for sure, I can mm-hmm. definitely give it. But um, yeah, my role is really there to help the other people explain what they want to explain. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it definitely seems like you're a member of a team, part, part of something definitely bigger than yourself. Yeah. And it's also nice to see how you guys work together and see that team dynamic. Thank you. Yeah. And it's also good to have a woman up in the mix. Um, you yeah. know, it's, Just it's, about to bring that yeah. Up. And I've been doing this a long time. And again, that's one, that's one of those things that maybe I don't always appreciate, right? Where I'm like, I'm doing this and I wanted to do more shows and da da da. And then I'll meet somebody and they'll bring their little seven year old daughter and they're like, see, my daughter loves watching <laughs> you. And she's, see, girls with curly hair can be on TV. I mean, you know, that's a whole well, other thing. That's a I whole, mean, I wish I could snap, but my right a, hand is sprained. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other thing. The that hair is thing just, is... I'm so glad you said that. A whole that. other thing. I'm so... Like, I, I, that's an awesome point because... <laughs> I'm from South Carolina where it's like super country and I was one of the few minorities in my school actually you know I always grew up wanting to be a broadcaster and like this curly head little black girl right (laughs) and like I don't see anybody on TV that looks like me right and then I always used to tell my mom and my dad that and they're like well if you don't see him yet you can try to be one of the first people and bring him up with you right but it's so beautiful now I see people like you with curly hair like you look like me like actually see you on TV and I just want you to know that alone like it speaks for itself. Like, honestly, I feel so emotional talking oh, about thanks. that right now because you're literally like one of the pioneer for like for people like me wanting to be in your position. Just your presence being yeah. there, you're paving the way for people like me and like my little cousins coming forward mm-hmm. that want to be in the same position as you. So keep doing what you're like. It, I, I, I'm lost for it. Thank, thank I can't. you. Well, thank I That really means a lot. And, it does. Uh, I, and to hear that means a lot to me. Um, and it's interesting, the hair thing, because... It's such a, there's nobody ever in charge who looks like me, right? Mm-hmm. So nobody yeah. who could give me a job ever looked like me. Right. Now, I, 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 in my career, I've never walked yeah. in a room and went, wow, <laughs> yeah. somebody's going to totally get me, right? Exactly. I, I've never had that feeling. So to that end, when I went for my call back at CNN, I straightened the crap out of my hair, <laughs> right? Because I literally was like, okay, I made it in. To the, I made it past around one because I, I knew I, of my ability. I knew my ability. But I was like, okay, I'm going over here. They're going to be way more in people like to say, oh, CNN's liberal and the other one's conservative. It's not like that at all. They're all conservative. <laughs> really. When it comes to yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So I went back with my hair straight because I was like, well, I'm not going to give them any reason not to hire me. If it if it's, comes to that, which is so stupid. But it happens. And literally, if there's a bunch of older white men in a room, they don't know that curly hair can become straight. Right? I need mm-hmm. to show yeah. them this. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and I did that. And I got the job. But also, mind you, when I sat down for my callback, it was me and you're adorable, but me, but four blondes. Right. Right. So right. I literally was like, okay, very clearly I'm yeah. not what they're looking for. Right. Not right? The target demographic not, for that not, job. And I'm not, it's, it has no, nothing it's to do with, it, it, that's well, who yeah, was you there. Have, you have to say it like it is. It's the reality. That's who that was there, right? In. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it was, that's who was there. That was yeah. very clearly the look mm-hmm. they were hoping for. Right. And then there was me, like the X Factor. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so it's yeah. a weird feeling to walk into a room and realize I'm clearly not what they want, but yeah. I'm going to give it to them anyway. Yeah, you you know? have to show them why exactly. you're ready exactly. for that position. Exactly. So, but yeah. so once I got the job, then luckily they they said, and even at um, at, at Fox had said the same thing to me because again I'm like, you know, if you need my hair straight, and they're like, no, we actually want it to be curly. It's like, oh my god, hallelujah. Yeah. So no, it, it was great. It's so funny that you said that because I actually work at Fox right now. Yeah. I want to talk to you about that yeah, after, yeah. but. I work at Fox right now, and I remember my day that I actually got the interview. 
I was telling my mom, I'm like, I have braids right now. Like, I don't know. Should I take it out the night before? Like, I was like, I don't know what to do. My mom is like, if they truly like you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then braids aren't braids. I mean, you know. Yeah. And it's just crazy to hear you talk about it because it it, is real. And like all the other people that were interviewing for the thing, when I walked in, they all literally had blonde hair. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. That's like the thing that they're looking for. But the fact that you're here and you're like, you know what? It doesn't matter how you look. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're creating a whole new path that's never been seen before. And that's the whole thing is it's all about the ability and they may have one idea. I mean, how many times you hear of actors going in and (laughs) the role was written for somebody and an Asian actor walks in and totally crushes it and they're like, duh. Well, we need to change it up. Yeah, like this is, I'm just better. And so it, it, it makes you feel extra triumphant when you get the job and you know you they thought they weren't looking for you mm-hmm. but it's also pisses you off that you're like why you gotta always look for the same thing yeah. and how come you know I, it would have been cool to see a more variety in that of room course. that day but um but that's happened to me repeatedly 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 right. so i just kind of got used to it but it, it's a weird feeling to always be yeah. the the odd choice or how whatever do you even deal with that because like it is like a mental thing that yeah. I, I know it has to be like at least somewhere in your mind every day. You know, like when you like, do you always like being a woman alone? Uh-huh. You always kind of feel like you have to at least know more, be more prepared than the yeah. men walking in there. Just because women, anytime you say anything, you're going to, this going to yeah. be taken, yeah. you know. For right? sure. And especially since I'm working in a mostly male sport. Exactly. Yeah. I really exactly. better be prepared. Exactly. And then on top of that, being like a woman of color with yeah. curly hair, is that like an added like wait to you like how do you deal with that you so know? if you're asking if i have insecurities yes i do but it, it it's a weight like that... do you feel like you have to be more prepared like always you walked in there? always yeah. always anyway i mean any any person who grows up with brown skin in america has yeah. heard you better be double good right and you know all this stuff so i heard right. all that all my life anyway but yes it it is the woman thing is one thing in the man's sport, so I still get a like, go fix me a sandwich. So uh-huh, here, here, basically, right. I'll, I'll show you how it worked. No. When I started my YouTube channel, um, YouTube forward slash Karen Bryant, or you can go to Emma Heat. Um, but anyway, so yes, Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, Bryant, Bryant like Kobe, um, <laughs> though I'm a Celtics fan because I'm from Boston. So anyway, um, but Kobe's cool. But uh, So when I first started doing the interviews, if I'm interviewing you, and that, so the interview would be like, ooh, I know what they did when they got, when the camera turned off. So basically, I allegedly slept with every single person I interviewed because that's oh, the only thing right. that women can do with men in a room so we're good for is it. sleep with <laughs> them. Yeah. So it was, I know she slept with every person that she just interviewed. And then also it would be, um, why is this woman speaking? You know, why isn't she fixing me a sandwich? And then it would be, why isn't this N-word fixing me a sandwich? Like, so you would, I, I, I ran the gamut of every kind of insult. It was feminist. It was like, it was sexist. Rather, it was racist. It was, it was all of the above, right? Yeah. So you'd start to take a, your pick on which one's like, wow, which do you guys hate me more for today? Like being a woman or, or being brown skinned. And then eventually, like, you, you just stay there, and you don't go away, and eventually they're like, shoot, she's still, she's still here. Sort of the cream yeah. rises to right. the top. Well, meanwhile, they're also watching the interviews, and then slowly they're like, oh, wow, actually, that was really good. You know what right. I mean? So slowly <laughs> the, the, the insults and those things start to drop away. Yeah. It really is just persistence. I don't care who you are and what you're trying to do. The persistence, if you, if you believe in yourself, which I did, and I knew I had some ability. I knew that fighters were enjoying the interviews. Mm-hmm. I knew people were enjoying it. Mm-hmm. The, the idiots would die off, or at least... <laughs> get quieter because yeah. once they realize like she's really not leaving i haven't run her out of town yet with my <laughs> stupid youtube comment um right. you know but so it is something that every day you have to go in there and you're like okay what if someone's kind of you know we get trolls all the time what are they more mad at 
Um, it, it's an extra burden. It's an extra burden to, to, to carry both of those things into any job, really, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. But especially, yeah, in, in MMA, it was doubly, doubly hard. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. mean, as a prominent female figure in such a male-dominated industry, how do you really seek out to prove yourself? Because obviously handling insecurities can be so difficult yeah. for so many. I mean, to prove myself, I guess I just... I I try to make... You know, if everybody's like, I try to make every show better, but I, but I do, right? I mean, I, I don't phone it in. I still, I've done this for now for <laughs> how many years, and I don't phone it in. Um, so, I, I guess I keep proving myself by even if you know the next job comes along. I mean, I would love to to cover MMA and work with this for the rest of my life. Like, right? It'd be great if if. If I found my last job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other stuff I like to do on the side, but it'd be amazing to know I found my yeah, last job. You've been job. doing this for so long. You're so yeah. established in MMA. It makes sense. I, w- I would love it if that's it. But I do keep proving myself because I feel like every day you, stu- you do still need to win the job, right? You do still need to prove that you're here. You can't. There's always someone else. Right, because that, yeah. everybody wants my job. Like yeah. everybody wants right. my job. Um, I know it for, I know it in the grand scheme of things. I know it on a very immediate personal level about people mm-hmm. I've heard talking smack or doing stuff that you think are your friends that don't, that aren't because they want your job. You got snakes you know? in the grass. <laughs> snakes all the time. So you hear about that and like all you have to do is, you know, you keep proving yourself, you keep you keep doing a good job, you keep working hard. But actually lately, to be honest with you, I, I and I'm not a overly, like overly spiritual or overly, you know, whatever person, but I literally... You know, you do have to get to a point where you're like, look, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I can't sit here and fight over it every day and worry about this every day and worry about what might happen. Because then I worry, I gave myself two problems, right? If mm-hmm. I worried about something, it may not ever happen. Why did I even make it a problem? Exactly. But also, I really, yeah, I've just really come to come more to, to grips with um at this point, people should know who I am. They know my abilities more. If it's meant to be, it's good. If it's not, like, it's going to suck. I'm not going to say I wouldn't be bummed or whatever, but, like, but, uh, right. life will go on. <laughs> Do you think exactly. you know, uh, having covered MMA for so yeah. long, even if you're, I mean, Obviously, you've been doing such a great job for UFC on Fox and then mm-hmm. ESPN, but you yeah. do have your own the MMA Heat yeah, podcast sure. and all yeah. that. Do you think you'll always be having that part of yourself with you? You think you're always going to be working on MMA? And yeah, I wouldn't. It'd be really hard to let it go. <laughs> let go like now, I love it, and it's and it's it's a huge part of my life. I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm not like I said. I'm not looking for something else to do uh, to instead of. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's just we have less shows now because um, we don't have UFC tonight and all the, all the things that I was doing at Fox. So in that respect, I'm less busy. Yeah. Like I like to fill my time up during the week and do more things. But just before we came over here, I told you I was just talking to Khalil. Mm-hmm. I just did an interview with him before we came over. I'll be talking to my boy Eric on Sunday. Like, you know, That's I'm always sick. trying mm-hmm. to, you know, do stuff. Um, it, you know, it, I love it. So even if I... 100% was doing football or whatever, I would be still doing that right. podcast because I don't, that sense. I don't think I could take yeah. the fight stuff out of me. And I love it too much. And at this point, too, we've got so many great relationships. And I've seen, like, you know, my friend Kelvin is fighting for the title next week. You know what I mean? That's it's insane. like, this is a dude I met six years ago and he was just came off the Ultimate Fighter and I remember like, here's our interview down at Rain. Like and he, yeah, he's a little blue. baby. I'm like, right. oh my baby's went like, so so he's just one example like, when Tyron won the title, 
Tyron and I have been friends for over more than 10 years. Lemon, you're just like, I felt like I won. You know, right. I felt like I won. So it's that level of investment. It's like when Michael retired, I was like, thank God, <laughs> because I love that dude. And I didn't, I, I hate watching my friends like fight, you know, it's hard. Right. So a lot of times they win, sometimes they don't, but uh, but it, it gets really stressful watching your, your good friends yeah, fight. So when the more they retire, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Right. But I guess my point is, is just that I, I've been here long enough to see mm-hmm. new talent come in and rise to the top and there's always a cool story. There's always something going on. I'm not, I wouldn't, be able to just leave. Is it strange for you when you have to watch two people who are both your yes, friends fight each sucks. other? Because like you're just talking about how Michael it, and Kelvin are both your friends. It, it's yeah. a, it's sucks. And Bisping's yeah. last fight was against exactly. Kelvin. Exactly. So that totally sucked. Uh, yeah. No. It's really, really, really hard. Like we we joke. So one of my best buddies in the world is Gay Guard Musasi, and oh, yeah. I've known him forever. And like one of the best middleweights in the world. One of the best middleweights in the world. One of the funniest dudes in the world. Oh, yeah. And we've just we've known each other a really long time, and and we're great friends. Well, at one point he was supposed to fight Bisping, and uh-huh. I was like, "Oh no!" And they oh, were going at it on like, no. like yeah, they're kind of right, kind of. But and and I'm I work with Mike all the time, and Mike knows how well my, well I, I I know Gay Guard, and like so I was mess with him. I'd be like on set, and I'd pretend that I'm like, "Okay, Gay Guard," I'm like sending him a WhatsApp <laughs> or whatever. I'm gonna ask Mike everything about the, you know. Of course, I'm filming it, and Mike tricked it. Like uh-huh. so, we had fun with it. My goodness, when they swapped that fight out and they made those two not fight, I was like, hallelujah. Because I did not want to see them fight at all. So, yeah, it sucks. The hardest part would be when you go on the air right after the mm, fight. Yeah. So, like, Tyrant, I don't, I was I working on Tyrant tonight when he lost to Kamara, I think it was, or something like that, or, you know, with Michael, yeah, with Michael mm-hmm. losing to, 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 to um, George, you know, and, and stuff like, and you're there, you're right there, and I'm supposed to be neutral. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're just the broadcasters here. And so like, or when DC was doing so well against John in that rematch. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't have anything against John personally or whatever, but DC's but our DC's boy. Your right? He's your yeah, we, want to, we want him to win. And he was doing so great. And then he got knocked out. And then you're like, three, two, <laughs> hey, welcome to the show. And you're like, you have to just stuff it down. Stuff it down. You know, that's the hardest part is going on and pretending you're not yeah. upset when that's you are. A, yeah. That's another great point that Sucks. you brought up because I was wondering like, so being on air every day, I know everyone has good days, bad days, rough. You For know sure. what I mean? How like real talk? How mm-hmm. do you like say you're having like a rough day? You're just like I'm not feeling it. Yeah. How do you motivate yourself? Like you know what? No matter what, I got to give these faithful listeners a great right. show. How do you put that behind you? You're like yeah. you know what? I'm on for like Control this hour down. or two. It's, it, you know. Yeah, it is tough because there's everybody's. You never know what's going yeah, on with people human. in their life. You never know. Um. Uh, luckily, I mean, yeah, I've had to shake off some things of being like really pissed off or upset about something, yeah. but this is going to sound stupid, but that, like, that's my happy place though, uh-huh. is be- when I'm there. So like, like literally that's, that's when I feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do. And if wow. everything, that's really the happiest place. That sounds so corny to say it like that. I know that. exactly I know that. what like you mean though. But yeah, so yeah. anything else falls away because the great thing is. I have to only focus on this right now because yeah. if I don't, you've got a job to do. I'm really gonna screw up, right? Yeah. And you can't, you know, you can't screw up. And I, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible critic of myself. Like I had a show a few weeks back that I literally think was the worst show I ever did, and it just so happened that that was one day that my exec was like, "Oh, I had time to like sit back and watch." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" And he, because he, we really don't get a lot of notes, and that was the show that he decided to 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 watch and had some notes for. And I was fully honest. I was like, "Dude, I literally think that's the worst show I've ever done." Mm-hmm. So, like, part of me feels extra bummed out that this is the one that you're watching and you you're criticizing or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I get it, and I hear these critiques are valid whenever they would have happened. Right. But just so you know, that was I know day. that that was not great. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I feel like uh, that kind of honesty is important. Um, you know, it, it is. I, I really try to be honest with myself and with the executives if they yeah. if they say. I mean, sometimes they'll say something. You're like, well, that's, that's not. <laughs> the case right. you know what i mean and you and you have to stand up for yourself but if i see if i i'm like yeah that's you yeah you're right that's up um and i feel like at least with that if they know that you uh appreciate the uh the um the the honesty that they're or whatever the criticizing that you can take the criticism because right. that's that is hard to learn to take criticism mm-hmm. i would um, definitely agree with that i yeah. mean taking criticism is so hard especially Very. when all you're doing is setting out to Give the best show possible, and you're just implementing what you know. And exactly, exactly. So if it's, but there, you know, there's a difference between your executive saying, "Hey, when you get to the question, try to tighten it up," versus a Twitter troll that's like, "You, you suck, suck," or something like that. You know. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, but 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 learning how to deal with criticism and learning how to, I guess, compartmentalize. Um, Somebody saying this about you in this episode does not mean you're a bad person and you're mm-hmm. terrible right. or whatever. But again, like I said, I, 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 you know, we all have our own securities. There's things that I will be critical of. Um, I don't particularly like to watch my shows back and stuff because yeah. I go crazy about picking <laughs> on stuff. I like and I too. will harp on something that I said. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I called him this instead of that. <laughs> and then and then uh, and I'm like, we'll beat myself up about it hours later. People, you're and then you're worst critic. For sure. But then you got to remember, like, a lot of people are watching this on their phone while they're on the subway or they're here or they're there they're at home they're folding line they're cooking dinner like maybe everybody didn't hang on every word like you know I also think that's what makes you more relatable and more like genuine you know like authentic because not everybody's gonna be perfect all the time like I'm not even gonna lie like when I'm watching an interview or something (laughs) with somebody like you know sports broadcasters I just naturally watch every day when they like sometimes mess up I actually like it Yep. Because I'm like, that's human. human. Like, we may be. You're not being produced oh, by a yeah. machine. You know, you oh, have yeah. your personality to I feel like I'm to in like a barber shop or like, you know, like right. even being black, like right. getting your yeah. hair done and stuff. You For like, sure. you just naturally go talk about just sports. Going. People screw up sometimes. Totally. Uh-huh. But I feel like I'm sitting there yeah. with you. Oh, good. You well, that. good. Then you, then you, you must know? have really loved my epic fail the other night because uh, <laughs> in our post show for um, when we were in For Philadelphia? Yeah, like, I was so fired up. Like, that knockout was ridiculous. Like, we had, you know, we were all fired up. And the show starts and they're supposed to be like a scenic where you're supposed to, you know, talk over like, well, there's a shot of the Liberty Bell. We're uh-huh. in, you know, Philadelphia, beautiful city. The show starts now. So anyway, they're like, and go. So I'm literally like, welcome to the show. Holy crap, what a knockout. And then I look at the monitor. I'm like, oh, snap. We are still on the scenic. And I was like, oh. I totally, totally skipped the scenic. Like, totally right. forgot. Right. But I feel like for MMA fans, that's like, you and know what? Cool. I don't care about but the so Liberty Bell. Yeah, so literally, because I could tell, I could t- I'm sure my they're, you know, in the t- production truck. Like, oh, my God. But then, like, literally, so I was just like, guess what, folks? <laughs> I'm fired up. I don't, I just wanted to start the show. You know what right. I mean? And so I tried to, like, make a joke of it. Because what else no, are you going to do? What else are you going to do? And uh, it, that, that that's so funny. So, like, uh, and speaking of Twitter trolls, when you brought that uh-huh. up, you have a lot of people that are like, oh, people on TV, they're just, like, a pretty face, or they're just here to literally read right. the script somebody yeah. gave them. Yeah. Can you, like, walk us through, <laughs> like, your average day so people actually know yes. that y'all are just more than faces on TV, quote-unquote, reading a script? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I would get that. I would get that sometimes. Well, you, all you do is read the teleprompter right. uh, and stuff like that. So, funny thing is, at Fox, we did have a teleprompter. But uh, here we don't. But the funny thing is, so what basically um, 
during a fight week, I'll get, um, uh, you know, or I actually already have stuff. So my next show is, is the Russia show. Mm-hmm. So um, I already have some, like, bios on the Russia fighters and stuff like that. So you'll get all the bios that eventually will get printed out to you that, you know, I like to highlight them and stuff like that. But you can start on the bios. We get what's called a fight link, um, which is a, a downloadable, like, a Dropbox of all of the fighters on the card and their last one or two fights or something, right? right? So earlier in the week, earlier in the fight week, Monday, Tuesday, so a lot of time I'm literally, if I'm folding laundry or cooking dinner, like literally I'll have my laptop out or whatever, and I'm just starting to watch some fights to refresh my memory on, on people. Um, a lot of these people now I've seen so many times, but this Russia card, um, it's going to be tricky because there's some other you know European fighters I don't know. So a lot of, I think, Russian fighters that are yes, trying to get on the exactly. card, which makes sense. Exactly. So you start watching the fights and familiarizing yourself. So then I'll get a format maybe Tuesday Tuesday or so, a format of what the show is going to be. So for a pre-show, and it's literally an Excel spreadsheet, and it has everything in it, and it'll say, okay, you know, show intro, Karen intro, you know, Michael introduce this, main, you know, opening comments, and then it'll say, okay, Karen, tee Michael up on, you know, Alistair Overeem. Then mm-hmm. we do that, that. So I've got all these slug lines. I then write the script. Okay. Okay. Well, so here's the thing. So I, it's funny when people, oh, you just read. I'm like, yeah, I read what I wrote. Right. Um, <laughs> Someone had to put it yeah. there. So, yeah. At Fox, Thank we you. had a different guy. RJ was writing for our stuff at, at Fox, but he would send them to me in advance and I, I would add my tweaks, change the phrasing, da, 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 and give it back. But anyway, at ESPN now, so I'll get the format. I write the script. I then send it to the producer who then plugs it into where it needs to go on that Excel spreadsheet, yada, yada, yada. A lot of time we get there on um, – so that's – a lot of time I write that on my flight to where we're going um, or I'll write it at home like Wednesday night or whatever. But a lot of time, you know, you just have un, uninterrupted time on the just plane a anyway. Time to do some stuff. Yeah, you know? so it takes several hours, I will say, because – um, I take pride in my work and I, I want it to be good. So, um, so the script takes several hours to write, mm-hmm. but then when I get to where, where I am usually the night before, you know, Thursday night or whatever, I'm in my room, you know, reading a bunch of stuff. I spend a lot of time online, um, looking at interviews on websites and stuff or watching, you know, interviews if I can, if I haven't already spoken to them myself, uh, you know, Friday we'll get to the, the place a few hours ahead of time. You get your makeup done or whatever. Sometimes we have a, a short production meeting. Um, and then we do our pre-show on Fridays. Now, you know, it was a little different at Fox when it was way and stuff, but now we do our pre-show. Um, and then Saturdays are, are, are a lot easier since we're just reacting. So yeah. you just kind of get to the arena a few hours ahead and get ready. If there's prelims, sometimes they'll need us to fill time. So basically you can tell if we're coming on, if there's a bunch of finishes fast, like right. knockout submission, knockout, knockout. They need we're to gonna, fill time. They're going to put you guys time. on. If it's a bunch of decisions, you're not going to see too much of us. Uh, and then we really just react. So the post-fight show, you're definitely flying without a net. I don't really have a script or anything. We just, I have an IFB where they'll say, okay, move, you know, stay on this fight a little bit, throw to the highlights, or, you know, our guest is coming. So the whole time I'm listening to somebody, and, you know, that's the other thing that is tricky about it, mm-hmm. um, is the IFB situation of listening while you're talking, taking direction without going, yeah, I heard you, you know, into your own mic when they're talking to you <laughs> yeah. in your ear. Um, Literally it, more than one voice in your head. <laughs> exactly. And so th- it's like a running joke of my, if I'm on the phone with somebody at home and my husband's trying to talk to me, and I'm like, shh, I'm on the phone. He's like, I know you can talk and listen. <laughs> yeah. I know He's you can talk you and listen. I'm like, mm, son of a gun. Um, um, so that kind of thing, like there's a there's a actually a lot going on yeah. um, to be in that in that driver's seat. Um, so it's a hell of a lot more than just reading a prompter. And literally at the last minute, you know, I have my script and 
Um, since I wrote it, I'm very familiar with it. I could just do bullet points if I want, but I like knowing that if there was a catastrophe You'd be and able to I go lost that. my brain, right. I could just read what I wrote. Beautiful. So that is why I make a, 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 a very concerted effort to make that good and to make it flow to where if all I did was read it, if you read it, it would be just as good. And, and, and I really want the words to, awesome. to be good. So yeah. um, that's my safety net is that script on, on the pre-fight day. But uh but otherwise, you know, in your sometimes even still they'll call an audible and it's like you're not doing this, you're doing that. Stay here, come to this instead, and you have to just kind of go with it. You have to learn flow. how to adapt. You're yeah. like a little chameleon there. Yeah. Which do you think you prefer, pre-fight or post-fight? Ooh, post, 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 post. <laughs> well, pre is fun because it's like NFL game day, right? Yeah, and you're right. like, you're, you know what I mean? Everybody's pumped. Yeah, and you're like, there's gonna be <laughs> yeah. some fist punches. Yeah, and you're like hyping it up, and you're like hypothesizing, and you're firing oh, people all the up. Armchair booking, right, all right, and you're like getting big, big, but there's nothing like the holy snap did you see that thing like post fights are fun the pressure's off the fighters because a pre-fight interview with them is you know they're sometimes they're posturing sometimes they're really legitimately very nervous and whatever and you you know you don't always get the best person Mm -hmm. there but a post-fight interview is gold you know what i mean they're they're feeling it they're those are the big moments those are the big moments um and it's just a lot it's just a lot of fun it's just a lot of fun yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you've had a lot of fun over the years. You've been doing uh-huh. this for so long, and right. we're talking You're about Twitter. OG now. Oh yeah. yeah, at this point, <laughs> we're talking about the Twitter trolls earlier. Yeah. There's a fair share of them in the MMA world, but oh, yeah. obviously, you've built up such a great reputation. I think at this point, how do you think about how, the way your career has gone in terms of the MMA fans? Do you think yeah. they appreciate you at this point, or do you think still they kind of look at you as an outsider? Some do. Some some definitely do because I I have great fans. The ones that are. Um, with me who, who have been for several years and new people that are coming along and finding stuff like I'll see people on uh, on the the podcast and they'll be like oh my god I just found your channel I'm like okay I don't understand how that's possible yeah. that you just found it but welcome um, but uh, but yeah no I, I have some really really great fans um, but I do still feel that there is a large part that'll be like you wouldn't miss you, you wouldn't you don't recognize what I'm doing for you guys until I'm gone, then you'll miss me if I left. Because mm. there is a big sense of that, of like, especially when, when the trolls or the haters are like, you all you do is read a prompt, you do anything. I'm like, look, I have a website right. and a channel. Like, I have almost website. 1,700, right. you know, interviews and videos. So, like, if all I did was read prompter, who the f- made these? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? And so... That's when I get a little pissed off yeah. if somebody doesn't recognize the work. And literally, you know, MMA Heat is me and my husband. Like, we didn't, we don't have the backing of a major company. We don't right. have huge investors. It All of it too. is our own sweat equity, right? So if if, if we've put a lot out there, mm-hmm. we put a, we spent a lot of our own money at first to get it off the ground. We right. don't make a ton of money from that. It's literally for love of the game. It's, right. like, you're doing that for the fans. literally right. is for that. And to help, you know, fighters get more exposure. And yeah. there's some people that we think are just badass that really deserve to get more exactly. recognition and stuff like that. And that's so, awesome that you're doing that because a lot of yeah. people, like a lot of the stuff they do get swept under the rug. For and sure. that's why they're bringing it to light. And it, like, For what, sure. what even inspired you and your husband to yeah. start MMA Heat? Well, it, it's tricky because he'll, he'll tell you, like, at first I didn't, I, when I was... Well, after I left CNN um, and then I went to Showtime and everything, after after that ended, um, you know, a lot of things were starting to kick in on YouTube and, and Internet TV, but not a lot yet, right? Because right. we started this in like 2007. Mm-hmm. So at first, it felt like a real demotion. Like, I work on TV. Why am I working on YouTube? A different right. like, platform. So I had 
a little bit of hesitancy there yeah. because it just didn't seem like real TV anymore and I wanted to still be doing real TV. Mm-hmm. So at first I wasn't that into it, but it was like, okay, whatever, let's do this and we'll give it a start. And we started doing it and, you know, it is really fun and we met cool people and it just started to build from there and it, and, and it, then it became like, oh yeah, we can, you know, make something of this. And, you know, you're going to the fights and the, the first time we got credentialed for a UFC show was a big deal because they don't always just credential everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I remember the first time Lord we knows, got I've credentialed. Right. And we didn't even know how it worked. And it's so funny because it was, it was Kane. Uh, I mean, it was, um, it was, yeah, Kane beating Brock. Um, oh, okay. It was yeah. the first one that we went to, 121. Wow. Awesome. And so, and but the funny thing is, is we didn't know. So we just brought our camera and we're like, we had media pa- media room passes, and we got there and we were filming stuff. And then we look around like, oh, everybody brought their computers. Oh, oh, oh. We didn't even know. Like, so we didn't bring the computers to start uploading things. We didn't, you know, we just shot it all, put it in the can, and then we were going to go home and edit it. That was so that, me at that Bellator event. Right. I was just there with my phone filming, right, get, like right. Rory McDonald so and like, ba- Ryan Bader. Oh, that's how it works. So we learned quickly uh, and that kind of thing. But I, I, you know, but that was a big achievement, even just getting to go to a UFC show, mm-hmm. which was several years after we had even started. So um, there were little milestones along the way that made us, re- you know, realize, okay, people are watching, yep. we're getting some recognition. You know, some of the things we're doing are, are, are picking up, you know, the interviews are doing well. Um, when we're afterwards, you know, Dana used to be more available um, after fights, uh, after the press conferences to do scrums and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, you know, you could tell when you're working and people are respecting you. So it, 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 it was a slow burn. I mean, I guess it's the other thing is some people are like, yeah, I don't understand. Like, I started my YouTube channel, like, last month. <laughs> and, like, I don't even have all the subscribers. Like, people aren't really prepared to play the long game. I don't. It's a process. It's a long yeah. game. My dad so, always told me you got to learn to love the process. For sure. Especially nowadays, we think everything is so, like, yep. instant. Yep. And, like, oh, I made You're a YouTube. Anything, now I should have exactly. 100 million. Yeah. Our, you know, like, for sure. nobody sees that as a long, painstaking oh, process, wow. but it can be so rewarding, right? It can be, for sure. It's totally rewarding. And I think about it, you know, along the way, you just want to get to that goal. Which At first, we didn't even really know what the goal was, right? Because yeah. it wasn't even on Fox or anything like that. I had pitched ideas for things to Dana. Um, but at first, you weren't even really sure what the goal was right? right it was just a, i want to be here when th- this is growing i want to be part of it i like what we're, what's happening um and i want to be i want to be be with mm-hmm. it but when you look back on the journey like now is when when it comes up to like flashback fridays and stuff like that i'm like oh god we have so many things to choose from like right. just yesterday i was talking to kelvin so i was like let me look back and see the first time i talked to kelvin yeah it was 2013 that's crazy down at rain training center and right. i'm like holy crap i didn't even realize it was that long ago mm-hmm. like that's literally insane. some people that we have spoken to over the years the ones who have retired or, or whatever or now are champions like i have footage with them i was like one of the first people to ever interview joseph benavidez and uriah so faber's insane. like standing over oh, his wow. eye line trying to tell him <laughs> what to say and how to act and like that so that's the thing the journey uh, all along this journey we've accumulated these incredible yeah. clips so that's what i'm saying that like all this stuff on my on our, our channel that we have uh, like these incredible stories of people that you know were champions long before they were champions or they're training with somebody that ended up being their rival like we have amazing things right. um that uh that along the way uh, uh we've told the story but looking back like what a story it tells for yeah, sure that's an amazing yeah. story and i feel like there's a but like there's different parts of your story that people have never heard right yeah. we just always see you like on air right karen bryant right yeah but like we tend to forget you also have a personal life like can you let us know like how how do you even maintain your personal life or like friendships and like relationships? Like, 
because you're so busy. Yeah, now like, I want to know about you. Like, yeah, you know? it's tough. I'm traveling more now. Like with Fox, um, we just I just had to go to the studio, which was like five miles from yeah, my house. Right. So it was a lot. Uh, I was home more, uh, and it was easier. But you know, now for ESPN, I'm on the road, so I'm, I'm gone usually. Yeah, like a Thursday to a Sunday. Um, I have a husband. We have a daughter. Yeah. Uh, she's 12. She's awesome, and I, it's actually a good age. Like if 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 I'm out of the house now, but she's more self-sufficient now and mm-hmm. stuff like that would have mm-hmm. been a lot harder when she was younger right um but yeah in terms of you know catching up with like it's tough i mean la yeah. in general is just hard because everybody's so spread out but um i i don't see them enough if i'm being 100 percent honest i don't <laughs> yeah. see my friends enough because i really you have don't that yeah. huge commitment to yeah. your fans and yeah your channel. there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff to do ufc and, yeah and wade and i you know we, we joked uh, or maybe not we, I did. I was like, uh, one of these things will fail, either the marriage or the business. <laughs> like, Because we work together and we live together and we're right, always together. Right. And that can be really dicey. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we're still married. We're going on 18 years or something insane like that. That's yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but, but there are times when I want to wring his neck. Right. And there are times when he wants to wring my neck because you know right. you're working together and something is very stressful. At an event, yeah. you why didn't you write the title to that video yet? How come that one's not uploaded? Da 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 da. Like you know, it's right. very stressful. And then you still have to sleep by this person. Yeah, exactly. At night after. <laughs> but I will say right. the great thing is at the end of the night. I know he's not trying to stab me in the back and steal some, some job. You know what I'm saying? So there's Very that. And true. so it's like, at least there you have 100% trust. And there's security there. Exactly. Because you can't say that about anywhere else you work. Exactly. Wow. I mean, like, as someone who's so busy and involved, so involved within the industry, how do you think you prioritize not just your personal life, but also your work? Yeah, I've over-prioritized work a lot in mm-hmm. my career. and it's, Was that it, more at the beginning? Or yeah, that- yeah, and along the way, and it's it's funny that you asked that because I've had this conversation lately with a couple of women who are considering whether or not to get pregnant, start their families, right? Mm-hmm. So the prioritizing thing for the longest time, I, I, I also... First and foremost, I'm not a person like had to have a family like that. If it came, it came. But it wasn't like I have to do it. Right. So I was totally okay with being a quote unquote career woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with that. And that's that's cool. But when when we did decide, okay, actually, yeah, I think we, we'll have a kid. Um, you know, you stress about it so much. What am I going to do? Am I going to have a job? When when can I do it? When can I, I have this job right now? I can't get pregnant now because I have this job. I can't get pregnant now because I want to get that job. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it weighs on you and it weighs on you and it weighs on you. And then, of course, just because you decide you want to get pregnant doesn't mean you're actually going to get pregnant, <laughs> right. right? Like, I know in college, it's like you, you, you walk by it, dude, and you get pregnant. But when you grow up a little bit later, it doesn't come that easily, right? So you, you got to like... I wasn't ready. Be, I'm sorry. You got to be careful. And it takes a while. So, but I've had this conversation because I probably did it and... A lot of women do it. You put it off starting your family because the job, the job, the job. Well, guess what? The job, when you go home at night, you're stressing about the job and da-da-da-da. They're not stressing about you that much. You you think about your job and your career and all that stuff like way more than your executives are at home wondering like, oh, I wonder when Karen's going to get pregnant and I wonder if she and Wade are going to have a family. Are they going to have more than one? They don't give a crap. You right. know what I mean? Like, so don't. I've told these other girls this. Like, don't put your life on hold for the job because you know, it's it maybe won't you maybe won't get pregnant as soon as you think you are. But even still, like I got, I was pregnant, and then I got my job at Showtime, and I was very nervous to tell them that I was pregnant. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my god, you guys haven't had a woman for a long time. Mm-hmm. You just hired me, and I literally have been here for a few months, and I just found out I'm pregnant. I'm totally gonna get fired. And they didn't. I don't think they were totally psyched, but at the same time, um, they shoot from the waist up a lot of the time. <laughs> the girls got pretty 
luscious, if I'm being honest with you. So the guys watching the channel <laughs> probably didn't mind that part. Um, and they just shot creatively. And there were times <laughs> when I was massive. And it just is what it is. Because guess what? Right. People have babies. Yeah. yeah um, and reality. so once, it, once I actually was just living in it, it wasn't as stressful as I thought it was going to be. I will say afterwards, I was really stressed out about getting my quote unquote body back or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that part did stress me out a lot. And because, you Especially know, like being on TV, exactly. That, Everything yeah. adds weight. Anyway. Yeah. It's a way. lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. So that in that respect, yes, I dealt with it. I mean, but that's a pressure that women feel every single day. Um, no matter, you know, where you are in your life, like women always have that that appearance mm -hmm. pressure. Um, but I will say that Showtime was totally cool with it, with me when I, when I was pregnant and I would say for a lot of women, you know, I mean, legally, I guess they sort of have to be right. Right. But also, um, you know, women are powerful. Go, you know, prove to people you can, you can be all those things at the same time, hosting the show, baby mama, all that stuff all at the same time. <laughs> Host the show, you cook, know? clean. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anything she can't do. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. It's been amazing hearing, you know, you talk about the process of going behind a UFC event yeah. and talking about how your careers, you know, come this far and how you've had to deal with a lot of, I guess, struggle, you know, mm -hmm. being a black woman For in sure. the MMA industry and all those things. Now, I want to do something a little more fun here. Uh-oh. So, like I said, Aaliyah and Zoe aren't the biggest UFC fans, and there's some really cool UFC fights coming up. So yes. I was wondering, if I could go through a few cards, a few fights, and you just give a little bit of a sell, why should okay. anybody out there who's not the biggest MMA fan, not okay. the biggest UFC fan, why should you give these cards or these little fights a try? Okay. Yep. So the first one coming up is obviously next week, Max Holloway oh! versus Dustin Poirier, UFC 236. <laughs> Maxi baby. Okay, so Max Holloway, featherweight champion, which means he's a champion at 145 pounds. He's moving up in weight to challenge at 155 pounds. Mm -hmm. So it's a rematch, okay? This oh, is so good. So it's a rematch. So Max Holloway, who is legit a badass, like one of the best he's ever now. amazing. One of the best ever. He's fighting Dustin Poirier, who beat him years ago. Oh, back when they were kids. I think it was. 2004, something like that. 14 or 12, something like that. So it's a rematch. And Dustin has been like doing everything he can to get his title shot, everything he can to get his title shot. And guess what? He's already got a win over the guy he's facing. So mentally, he'll be like, yeah, I got this. Right. I can. Is he? Or is he going to be like, shoot, Max got better. It's a different so Max. Did I. It's a different Dustin. Totally oh, wow. different. Totally different fight. And they're older now, They're right? older. They're way better. Right. And this time, it's for a belt. Come on. Oh, wow. On. Come on. No, that's a sell. Come on. I, I think <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go yeah. with the guy that lost. A long time ago. Maxi, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, See, go I'm going Maxi Baby as I well. So, right yeah, now. and he's Maxi he's so good. Oh my god, he's so good. And he's so good at being a personality yeah. as well. He wasn't like that before, but he really stepped in. You know, the be the best is blessed for sure. And showing up for Hawaii for sure. He's Hawaiian. He's got the great spirit, fighting spirit out of Hawaii. Max oh, wow. is Max is is uh, he's a boss. Yeah, I'm another Max. yeah, yeah. <laughs> another big fight on that card as you were just talking about yeah. is Kelvin Gastelum versus Israel Adesanya mean... for the interim. Middleweight champion. Yeah, okay, so this fight, how I would sell this, Israel Adesanya is one of the flashiest strikers on the planet. He's this brash upstart who came to us from kickboxing. He's good looking. He's got swagger. He lives in New Zealand. He's great on the microphone. Oh. He's down with anime and all this stuff. So he's, his nickname is Stylebender. Like he's like, oh, snap. 
where what was that that just got thrown upside that dude's head? What is his foot? His head? I don't know what it was. It was amazing. So that's Israel and the so up I'm against more of a glamorous picture uh, yep, going on up here. against mm-hmm. Kelvin Gastelum, the mm-hmm. gritty, hardworking dude who won Ooh. the Ultimate Fighter, who was forced out of welterweight because he had some issues in the past, but he made the best out of it going up to middleweight. This is a guy who's defying the odds and beating people he's not supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. He's going to be faster. I mean, dude, I don't. It's a great fight. This is a very it's tough a one fight. to pick. I'm going option two. <laughs> All right, you're going you're down to him. Is that like, you know, when she had that, like, that rough story, <laughs> yeah. I felt like he has like something to prove. Mm-hmm. He does. Going, I'm oh, for sure. Agree with that. Whenever you have yep. something to prove, you're always going to come Yeah. All right, cool. I'm picking up. Israel. I'm picking the man Stylebender. I think okay. he's on a very big streak at just coming good. up beating Anderson Silva. So yeah. I can't call it for sure. Nobody can. That's what the beauty <laughs> of the sport. Another one just yeah. on the card yeah. I want to talk about is Alan Joban versus Dwight Grant. Your broadcast partner. My broadcast partner, Alan Joban. Okay, so Alan, of course, I'm going with Alan in this one. <laughs> no offense, Dwight Grant. Uh, Alan, um, for the ladies who don't know this, he is a professional fighter. He's also a Versace model. Oh, wow. Oh, no, that yeah. He's one of the best looking guys in MMA. a little bit of an idea. Um, so I Alan, think that does um, ring a bell now that you said that. Yeah, the Dylan <laughs> Blue campaign. If you remember the one with Bella, or was it Gigi? No, it was Gigi. Was Gigi? It was Gigi. It was Gigi. Gigi. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of guys, and they did like a long movie version of the commercial and everything too. Alan is the one who kisses <laughs> the girl. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a great, great, great guy, and it's, he just happens to be also a model. But like, he doesn't fight like he's trying to protect his face. Like he oh, just yeah. goes for it. You know what I mean? Um, throws a lot of elbows. He's a Muay Thai guy, so he's he's a much. Uh, he, he you look for him to be a um, striking and throwing all kinds of flashing stuff, cartwheel kicks if he needs to. It's going to be great. One uh, fight on that yeah. uh, St. Petersburg card that you're yes. going to be covering in a oh, few yeah. weeks. The main event, Alistair Overeem yeah. versus Alexei Olenek. Yeah, so Alexei Olenek, unfortunately, you know, Volkov was supposed to be the main event against Alistair, but Olenek is coming in here. So here's the thing. You have Alistair Overeem, who um, is just a legend. So decorated this, in kickboxing. Such a decorated and kickboxer. Shoot fighting. Exactly. And MMA. And being an MMA, he's like come close to being the UFC champion, just didn't go his way. But Alistair is, uh, when he's on, he is a full-on wrecking machine. Mm. Um, Alexei Olenek, you look at him, you're like, this guy seems kind of older and right. a little whatever. He's great, yes. and he's a submission machine, mm-hmm. too. So it, it could be a very interesting fight. Like It's a striker versus grappler. It is. It's an old-school style matchup. Yeah, and it's, sometimes it's funny because sometimes you look at somebody who doesn't necessarily look like a killer, and then you're like, oh, I didn't <laughs> oh, expect that. Oh, he just that. killed. Like you would, if, you, if you just lined them up, you would pick Alistair all day, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go that way based on this, their physical appearance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, coming up on May 4th in yep. uh, Ontario, in Ottawa, Ontario, yep. Canada, Ally, Ally Quinta, Quinta versus one of my favorite fighters, oh. Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Why do you love Cowboy so much? Cowboy, he's just, he just, ha- I didn't follow him that much, yeah. up in, like in the WEC days, just when he got into the UFC. Yeah. I saw those things like from Dana White, just sending his text messages with Cowboy yeah. saying, I'll fight, Anybody. I'll fight every card. He's yep. like, I'll fight. Yep. And that was just one of those things where like, he doesn't talk too much on the mic. Right. What he does is entertaining, but the point is yeah. whenever he gets in the cage, he's just there to throw. There's nothing else that's in him and he's so skilled that that's why I love Cowboy I'm gonna yeah. give you the real reason he likes him I've been talking NFL Dallas Cowboys yeah, in here, so that's that funny yeah no Cowboy <laughs> is awesome and you're exactly right he's an anytime anyplace anywhere guy and he really means it because yeah. he's done it there have been times when he's fought within a three week span or yeah. something like that one wow. time he fought like six times in one year wow. or something crazy um, Cowboy is a legend and he is an adrenaline junkie and people love him for what he does in the octagon as well as outside of it um, Ally Quinta, though, you know, 
He's way tougher than people give him credit for. For sure. You know, if you saw the fight against Habib, that was a last-minute title fight. If, if he had been prepared knowing he was going to fight Habib, I think it would have been different. Um, real tough fight with Kevin Lee. He just had Al is very difficult to get rid of. Yeah, even um, Khabib couldn't put him away. And this exactly. is a guy who finished so many people like Edson Barboza yeah. and Conor McGregor just recently. Yeah. So settle in. I'm just going to say settle in for a few rounds in that fight. It mm-hmm. could go a while. Yeah. Another few big fights coming up. Rose Namajunas versus oh! Jessica Andrade. Wow. For the strawway title. So, Rose. Again, remember I told you when sometimes when your friends win, you feel like you won? Mm-hmm. I felt like I won when Rose? Rose won that night. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Joanna fan, but I've known Rose since... Uh, before she was in the UFC, Pat is a friend of mine, so I met Rose when she was really young. And she's um, still only 26. And she's still really young, but I mean, we would like hang out in Vegas and we'd want to go somewhere and we're like, oh, she can't get in there. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I, but she's so great. And so to see her her journey and like she's overcome a lot in her personal life as well. Um, she's just got such a good heart and she's a badass. Here's the thing. Jessica Andrade is a freight train, though, when it comes to, like, she's like the female John Lineker right. who just wrecks people. Hands of stone, you know? Hand, yeah, but Rose is going to have length on her and stuff. Rose, Ro- and Rose is fearless, you know? So those two women are going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to go for it. I tell you that much. It's not, nobody's going to fight safe. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't know who's going to win. But every time Rose has been underestimated, I feel like she's come out on top. So I wouldn't underestimate her. Yeah, I think thug, thug, I think I'm going with Thug Rose at that yeah. one because she, she's proved herself so much. Yeah. And the last fight I want to talk to you about, I think we just got recently announced for June 8th in Chicago, Illinois, Henry Cejudo versus Marlon Moraes for the Ooh, Bantamweight strap. And that's a good one, too. Um, Marlon has a explosivity and he's got a lot of power. Henry Cejudo, though, is is... He's on a hot streak. Right, and he's very obviously well-rounded. You know, very, very well-rounded. So, I don't know. Honestly, on that one, I don't know. because Are you you leaning towards either one? I don't know, because, like, you could argue, well, Henry beat TJ. And DJ. And DJ, but the TJ thing was so fast. It was, it was. It's such a flash, and TJ was down at 25, Mm -hmm. so he was was depleted or whatever we know what happened. Okay, regardless, he still had to deplete himself to get to 25. Um, So I feel like at 35, you know, Marlon lives there much more comfortably. Uh, Henry, you know, obviously, you know, has had his weight before, whatever. I don't think the weight thing is going to be the biggest issue about it. Um, It's just... I don't know. I don't know. Marlon, I don't know. I've just I kind of feel it. I think that's the best it. sell for I kinda, it, though. I kind of That actually makes me want to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. want to watch it because I'm like, wait, if this professional don't know. Yeah, because he's come know. out and blasted people. Like, right. shook them fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, but Henry's incredibly well-rounded and he's, you know, there's something about a champion mindset and a champion ownership of that octagon so octagon so y- you could definitely obviously argue too that henry's going to be like hey this is my house right all right so that was our show today thank you so much to karen brian for already Thanks it for is over already me. but so we had a great hour fun. i think i learned so much from you coming in here and just talking about your industry yeah. and what you had to go through and i'm so glad like ali and zoe who both are just you know burgeoning ufc fans yeah. hopefully now got the chance <laughs> to interview you and you know Get all that knowledge from you. Yeah. I think the best thing anyone who's listening can take away from this is that UFC and MMA and sport in general is such a great thing. And I think Karen Bryan is such a good example of how to just get in the industry and sell this thing to as many people as you can. So if you're listening and want to become an MMA fan, yep. this is the reason to. Karen Bryan yeah. just came in here and told you why to watch all of those upcoming fights. So exactly. please and do I so. I also want to say thank please. you, you know, as a fellow curly-headed yeah. brown girl especially. <laughs> 
it's so awesome just seeing you in here, your presence, felt your energy, and you just, like I said, being able to teach us and let us learn from you today being on the show. So thank you so much. Well, Appreciate thank it. you. Thank you so much for having me. And like I said, this brought back so many great memories. And you guys are right at the cusp, right at the beginning of everything. I love uh-huh. it. Like, I hope you, you know, follow your dreams, follow, you know, even I know you're an econ major over here. But like, if this is your thing, oh, yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, get Ra- into, I'm get a radio in, major. Here's really. the, get into the sports book, booking, the betting, economics uh-huh. of the betting. That's the future. I hate to tell you. The betting stuff is taking over. But uh, but yeah, no, all of you guys, I just hope that you Where can people find you? Yes. So yeah, on Twitter, it's Karen Bryant, K-A-R-Y-N-B-R-Y-A-N-T. That's mm-hmm. also where you can find me on YouTube. But you also have MMA Heat yep. across all platforms. On Instagram, I'm KB Heat. So uh, so there you go. Yeah. Right. And listen, if you guys are in town and you're in date, you can go to Dave & Buster's. I'm actually having a party to watch the UFC 236. Oh, okay. So yeah, so we're going to have like giveaways and things like that. That one that's right up at Hollywood and Highland. So for sure. What is this? Uh, next Saturday. Uh, Saturday the 13th. And Alan will be fighting. My podcast partner, so it'll be crazy. But Saturday the 13th, in. come over to Dave & Buster's. And it, we'll be promoting it a bunch. But, mm-hmm. I mean, awesome. that'd be a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Karen. Brian, you, you can follow UCLA Radio at UCLA Radio on every social media platform. I've been AVX, A Little, Zoe Stevenson, and the one and only Karen Bryant signing off for Sports Speak this Peace. week. Yeah.